0: Time to get down and get funky with Lettuce. Based in Denver, Colorado, this is a band that knows how to create their own Rocky Mountain High. And here's guitarist Adam Smirnoff with the story behind the new album, Unify, a record that features Bootsy Collins and completes a trilogy that began in 2019. So my understanding is the the new record Unify is kind of part of a, a trilogy that started in 2019 with Elevate and then Resonate. Is that the, was that the plan at yeah, the time? Yeah, that
1: sounds about that sounds about right. We recorded them all in the same studio here in Denver at right. Colorado Sounds. Right. Um I feel like the first album led into the next album as far as we recorded so much material that we had all this other stuff to put out that led to the next record. Yep. Same thing happened on that record that led to this record. So I, I feel like, art-wise, it's all the same artist, and um, for the covers and artwork on the album, that's what I mean. And um, yep. And so yeah, I feel like they are kind of all tied together, and we'll probably look back at some point in the future as being this particular era of lettuce
0: (laughs) right so you're obviously not at a loss for material this record's like 70 minutes long uh you guys must be writing all the time
1: well i i feel like we just have so many prolific writers and producers in this band everyone in their own right is just absolutely incredible and um You certainly have Adam Deitch leading the way as far as like one of the most prolific musicians that I've ever met, who's consistently writing and always producing and uh, very influential to the rest of us to, uh, you know, put our best foot forward. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So you have the two Adams happening, you and and, and the other Adam. (laughs) So, what's the relationship, what's the musical relationship like with you guys? I mean, you've been doing this for quite a while
1: now. I mean, I think our musical relationship is tied into our friendship, which has been 30 years now. Um, right. Both our musical and friendship relationship has been 30 years. And and so I feel like, you know, we've just grown more comfortable with our process of how to work together. And, and this includes, like, everyone in this band, um, you know, I I feel like we understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, and and try and you know bring the best out of each other, both as uh, people and and musicians. So you guys
0: got self-produced Um What what? How do you guys work together? Who who takes on what roles when you're in the studio making this thing?
1: I think it changes depending on whose song it is, uh, who, who brought it to the table. Um, how, you know, I just feel like ever it's kind of a misnomer that this is the lettuce produced album. Every, every album that we have ever put out has been a lettuce produced record. Okay. Um, and I just feel like we've just more ironed out the process through the years of, like, knowing when to step forward, knowing when to step backward, knowing knowing when to, uh, you know, put your opinion out there and say, like, hey, I think it would sound better like this and, and come to more of an agreement as a group, as a band, of uh, what we're all looking for and understand that, you know, that's what kind of makes it lettuce. Gotcha.
0: Now, in addition to lettuce, you got Bootsy on the record as well. <laughs> so, yeah, we did. Um, "Keep That Funk Alive," how, how did you how'd you rope him into playing with you?
1: This was during a real era of, we're all sending around tunes to each other. And Adam started um, a song that he actually sampled, Bootsy, um, off of Instagram saying, keep that funk alive. And then (laughs) layered his own vocals on it, came up with a groove, sent it. I believe I was the second person to record on it. He left it without a B section. And I did the bass and the guitar of the B section, what became like the do, 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 that, that second section in the groove. Um, and then I believe the horns got it and they put down some of the horn lines that Adam had had in the first groove and then wrote stuff to the second part. Um, next thing you know, we come up with kind of, you know, a lettuce demo. That Uh gets sent to Bootsy, who then ends up writing to that um, and puts down multiple verses and his space-based parts. (laughs) And actually, that got sent back to me. And I ended up editing that for a month straight where we actually kind of like got it down to more of like – a length of a song that felt like, you know, right to us and uh, and had the verses and the choruses kind of placed where we wanted to have it. Right. And then next thing you know, when we all got together for the studio session, we bring those files to the studio and maybe re-record some of the horns all of those guitar parts that were on there were the stuff that was like recorded at my house. Um, you know, and everyone puts their own little flavor on it and then it becomes, you know, what it is on the album. Right.
0: And did you know Bootsy before this? Had you worked with him before? Have you met him?
1: No. No? (laughs) Met him, met him briefly on Jam Cruise and, um, at one of the festivals at bear creek festival i believe it was uh, through right. paul Levine. um but like no we we weren't like homies or anything like that and right. now it kind of feels like we are which is just incredible to me you know he's obviously all of this band's like biggest hero he's one of our biggest heroes ever he's sure you know one of the architects of funk music who has been able to be relevant through what are we talking about since the early 70s yep
0: yep, till now when he he joined the jb's 70 or 71
1: yeah yeah love power peace and uh the, the, the Soul Power album, yep. I
0: believe. Yep. Something like that. Yep. Now I'm going to show off a little bit. I did a record with Bootsy called The King, Fabulous King All Stars. There's Bootsy there. Get out of town. With like, the uh, Bobby Bird and Hank Ballard and Fred Wesley and Pee Wee Ellis and all those guys. So. And
1: is <laughs> so that, that, was is that in Catfish 19- that I saw on that record too? Uh,
0: Catfish it's, it's Clyde Stubblefield. Brother? And, uh, but it was done in '88. Wow, so, very small label. <laughs> but That's incredible.
1: Where can I where According can I hear that?
0: Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's on the Spotify. I'm gonna try and get it up there because uh, those things didn't exist back then. So we got to figure it out. But uh, I, I think would, some of it's on YouTube. To to
1: and what did you do on that record?
0: I put I I put them all in a room together and recorded it all in one day.
1: <laughs> I was the record That's label. <laughs> really cool. Well, I definitely need to hear that. That's a must hear for me. Please.
0: Yep. Yep. Definitely. So now back to your record, though. I I I don't want to <laughs> digress too far. <laughs> so so for you, the 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 record is is a is a pretty big work. How do you do you do you look at it in terms of it. Uh, is there an ebb and a flow to it? Is it a, a, just a, a series of tracks? How do you look at the the uh, thing that comprises uh, Unify at this point? No, I,
1: I... there's definitely an ebb and a flow to it. Um, I mean, we thought really hard about that, to be honest, and worked on the order really hard and, and put in the um, interludes to connect certain pieces of the record as far as... Uh, You know, being in an age where everyone's attention span through the internet has just shortened and people listen to like half a song and flip to the next one and flip to the next one and then they're done with it and they didn't even get through it. You know, I really feel like this to us, you know, like some of our classic favorite records of all time is like, you know, an album that you're supposed to listen to from beginning to end. And, you know, we make a lot of this stuff for ourselves and what our tastes are. And, you know, some, for some of those classic older records, you'd get to somewhere and you'd be like, well, this isn't the funk right here. I'm going to skip this tune. And for us that like, we wanted to make a record that you, you, there's no skippers. No, no, no skips. You don't skip it. You <laughs> listen to the whole thing. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we put it out on vinyl and we, we're still doing that stuff. I actually just got this package today and I'm very happy with uh, the way it looks. It's going it to sound it's great very on vinyl, reflective. I imagine. <laughs> it's very reflective. I can see myself in the outfit. <laughs> yes.
0: Excellent. So, so, do you have a highlight of the record for yourself? Because it is a, a, a significant piece of work. There so are there things. That you know, stand I out think keep personal? that
1: funk alive is is the highlight to me. Um, getting to work with you know the legend Bootsy Collins. Uh, aside from that, I mean, I feel like personally some of it's some of my best guitar work, and I feel like I took some memorable singable solos that remain in my head that when we get to the live shows, I kind of want to play those solos or touch on them or play most of it and then expand from there. And, um, you know, I just feel like a lot of the grooves on this record between like, you know, Deitch, Jesus and I bass drums and guitar are extremely locked and, Right. I feel like the sounds that Nigel ended up putting as a keyboard player were just so perfect. And the horn arrangements of, of Bloom and Zoidus just get tighter and tighter as a section. And their ideas are just you know so syncopated. And um, I feel like this is some of Nigel's best work. Singing. Right. Um I'm just, you know, I'm I'm proud of this and I feel like I'm gonna look back and you know be proud of this one for a long time.
0: Cool. So Nigel is the Nigel thing, Hall thing. and Eric is Eric Bloom, Nigel not Hall. Eric Bloom from Blue Easter Cult. Um
1: <laughs> Eric <laughs> but, Eric Eric Bloom on Trumpet, yeah. Nigel Hall on Vocals and Keys, Ryan Zoitis on Saxophone and X nine eleven, which is actually an, an old guitar synthesizer that he has hooked up to his uh, saxophone, and it gets some of these sounds. You might not know what it is on the right. album, but it's him. Okay, with with that stuff, it almost sounds like an analog keyboard. Right and at times, you know, you have Adam Deitch on the drums and Eric Jesus Coombs on bass, and myself, Adam Schmeens. Yep. on guitar
0: yeah so what holds you what holds you together is it the music is it the the personal interaction between you guys all of the above i think both.
1: all of the above and yeah. uh you know i i think us growing as musicians and us growing as people is what's going to keep us together
0: yeah so do you, how do you see the band's sound has evolved over the years does it is there a big difference between what we hear now and what we what you were thinking of when you started the group?
1: I just think it's all it's it's all just more um polished at this point. And I don't mean that in like a like our, our music's lost some sort of like roughness to it. I don't mean it like right. that. Yeah, I, I I think that we are still able to keep that original raw dogness of, of lettuces like funk and, you know, I kind of feel like since the rage album, we have kind of progressed into showing what makes us different from a lot of the classic funk groups with our hip hop influence and how we grew up listening to samples and, uh, you know a lot of our discovery for funk music was through you know hip hop that you'd be hearing on the radio growing up in New York for me like you'd hear these yeah. songs and and you'd kind of go like oh wait I have I heard that before I feel like let me let me find out what what this comes from and it's you know a lot easier to do nowadays uh with like websites like who sampled and being able to google right. the- what a sample was from versus, like, I'm going to a record store and I'm buying these classics and, oh, I just got to this and this is this hit song on the radio right now. I found it. I discovered it. I rediscovered it, you know, that kind of feeling that, you know, was kind of the process when I was younger. Gotcha. Yeah. So you got a, a Sonic Bloom festival you're playing in a
0: couple of days?
1: On Friday, I believe. Yep, here in, ah. here in Colorado. Yep, and then we fly so what, to One doesn't think of the, the
0: Colorado as the funkiest place on the planet, but apparently it must be.
1: <laughs> Denver has become a hub for a lot of musicians. Um, the music scene here yeah. is absolutely incredible um you have a lot of people who tour out of here who live here who are professionals and a lot of other bands um you have a great audience here who loves music and comes out and uh you know i i feel like I've lived in New York, and I've lived in Boston, and I love all those places. And, uh, you know, this is, this is another budding, great music scene, which is just only growing now at this point and getting more and more active. Very cool. Hey, you ever
0: been down to this part of the world?
1: I have never been to New Zealand. I'd love to go, though. My wife has been there, All right. spent a lot of time there at some point, always does a great new New Zealand accent makes me laugh. And, uh, I, I'd really <laughs> love, I'd really love to go there at some point.
0: It is a unique thing. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But thank you very much for, uh, um, talking to me. I appreciate it. And the record, I'm Marty, the I record.
1: appreciate it too.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 righty, Have a good day. All right. Peace, brother.